Okay, here we are again, about five or six weeks since the last time we pressed record. Last time it wasn't quite as premeditated as what it is now. We've had a little talk about what's happening today. And um, the three of us, being myself, Dean Dampney, Diana Black and Chad Taylor, are going to bring to you all um, some, you know, in this case it would be unexpected, little bites of wisdom in terms of what we feel like we can positively contribute to our relationships. So we're trying to take a, a front foot forward approach um, instead of working in the reactionary way that we tend to as human beings in relationship. We're going to try and find a few little ways of moving into relationship with, with all the positive attitudes and um, tools in the toolbox, for want of a better term, that we can possibly bring. We've just had a little discussion together before a press record on, um, on Chad basically taking a new little, little track in life with a new van. And I suspect he's got a puppy dog that might be a part of that new relationship and possibly others as well. So, Chad, how, how's van life treating you? Yeah, it was, um, it was a nice way to spend the weekend, Dean, and something I've been wanting to get for so long. It's... Um, yeah, the, the weight was uh, well worth the experience. I guess for me it's, um, it's about embodying a relationship, a relationship with myself, relationship with my kids when I can take them away, relationship with nature, relationship with friends and even, even building new relationships while, while in new places. So... Um, yeah, I think it flows nicely into the topic of relationships here. Oh, man, the, <clears throat> the whole van thing or whatever means we use to get out and about, it just epitomises for me personally that sense of freedom and adventure. And um, given that we're talking about relationships in this podcast, that I didn't mention its title before, it's called Conversations for Men and Women. <laughs> It's just that freedom and adventure is something that you'd never want to just keep to yourself alone. Like, that would just be weird, wouldn't it? Why, why wouldn't we want to share that? It's as good as it gets and it's, yeah, it's an amazing thing. I'm so stoked for you, man. And like I said to you, you know, throughout this journey of you looking for vans, you, you deserve nothing less to, you know, we call it treating ourselves, but it's actually... Um, becoming everything that you are and that adventurous free soul that you are in, in, in your relationship with yourself and others is, is perfect, man. I'm so stoked you're actually stepping deeper into that. Yeah, it was an amazing experience and really, you know, gave me the recharge I need to get through this week. Yeah, so good, isn't it? You're closer to nature, right, Chad, for a start? Yeah, nothing like a... Having a bath in the creek with a cake of soap, you know, something that I wouldn't generally do when there's a hot shower around. So it's actually, you know, building a relationship with myself through forcing me out of my comfort zone. That's so great. Yeah, I just had a week on the road myself um, with my girlfriend and we had some pretty simple food that, um, that was on the menu that I'd prepackaged 
before we went or prepared before we left. And man, it was it was probably one star in the gourmet category, but it was five star when you find yourself sitting on a smooth river rock with nothing but gum trees hanging over you and and the flow of the river running running in front of you, you know, less than millimeters away from from your toes. It was just epic. Basically, those those meals and you know, for us, our meditations, you know, basically, you know, formally and informally in those spaces were things I'll never, ever forget, despite the fact we were eating rice and tuna. <laughs> Di, you're, I was about to say you're an old hand at this, and I just realised that that might be considered derogatory. It's not meant to be. You know the ways of, of living amongst nature more than both Chad and I, and that's what I mean by saying you're an old hand. You know, you know that world beautifully. How's, how's, all, how's all this sound for you? Yeah, it sounds wonderful. I think um, nature is a, is a great companion in a relationship or, I mean, if you're, if you're it's, it's part of the relationship when you're in nature rather than just being inside four walls. Yeah, you can, you can, um, you get a little lift from, from that environment so you've, you're not only it's kind of creates a kind of a high, a high that you probably wouldn't have otherwise. I think in the relationship, so it's a really good thing to do with anyone, with kids, with with self, with partner. Yep. I couldn't agree more. What I what I found is that the more we immerse ourselves in nature, the more we realise how much it's obviously in relation to itself. You know the the vines, yeah. There's a vine that's been growing up around this dead stick that was obviously a live branch at one point in time that fell off and speared itself vertically into the ground. And this vine has used it as a ladder to climb, you know, spiral upwards um, and, and bridge this this world that it would have never found itself moving towards this this other plant that. Um, has then become, you know, another part of that whole natural relationship and ecosystem um, as a result of the dead stick that fell off and spit itself in the first place. Just those relationships in nature are so cohesive, so integrated. And, yeah, it's just a constant reminder to me of um, basically the, the nature of all of us and everything. It's epic. I love it. And I feel like that's where that really positive resonance comes from for us. I guess that that sort of flows into something I was reading about how as humans how we've cut ourselves off from being one with nature. Like even, you know, we refer to nature as nature and then we refer to to us in the Western world as human nature. So it's almost like we, we have completely dualistically cut ourselves off from being at one with nature. That's what I was really feeling into it over the weekend it was almost like well you know whether you believe in the in the big bang theory or the creation theory or a bit of both if we all came from the same energy source then really 
there's no place I'm going to feel more at one inside myself, be a relationship with myself, than around all that energy. Without those four walls, like I said, without Wi-Fi and mobile phones and deadlines. And that, yep. that to me was it's almost like going back to the to the roots, to the shamanism stuff, to you know, knowledge, knowledge is one thing. You know, it's almost like we we've become human doings, not human beings. I know that's a bit of a cliche, but something I'm really trying to focus on, you know, is to just be, you know. And, and if I can be with myself, I can be with others. And, and I notice that in, in conversations and I can actually just sit back and listen and not wait for the pause in the conversation to jam my bit in. I can actually just sit there and feel the energy coming towards me and, and really experience what the other person is trying to get out because. I feel like we're all running around trying to get this stuff out. You know, we want to be heard. We want to be understood. And the problem is not many of us know how to be that container to actually understand or to to hold someone else. So for me, the, the more I can learn to do it with myself, I feel the better the better person I can be in other relationships, be it my kids, clients, you know, intimate partnerships, family, friends. Yeah, so it's um, just got this overwhelming feeling of peace just come over me right now. Mm. I'm close to tears. I really am. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, I'm not actually feeling emotional but man i'm really sensing the transform transformational you know gear shift that that late 90s <laughs> high aces has sent you into man far out it's so clear and i'm feeling it deeply and yeah i'm so happy for you that's beautiful man wow it's that resonance i feel like we've all dropped into it right now everything yeah. slowed down our shoulders are relaxed. I love what you said, that um, human nature as an adjective describing nature as part, as we are nature, we're all stardust, we're all part of the same cosmos. We're, and you've just put an adjective in front of our species as in front of nature, which is we are all one. But we are the human aspect of nature. I love that. And you did you say human doing instead of being? That it was that what you said? Yeah, it's something I read I read a little while ago. Yeah. I read a a, <laughs> a short book on um, you know, we're always running around doing, you know, we've got to try and go back to the being. There's no time for being in our busy lives. If we're if we're being, it's almost like we're not even that word, we're not doing enough. We should be doing something. 
we always should be doing something, whether it's cleaning the house, mowing the lawn. The word should stands out there. I'm, I find it, it's one of the things my partner's taught me actually is to take that word entirely out of my vocabulary, especially in conversation with others because it's punitive. If you say you should or I should or it's punitive, it's like you could say maybe you could, not you should, maybe I could. It's a really, um, that's interesting, you know. This should is guilt. It's guilt about, it's imposing expectations, others' expectations or our own expectations on ourselves or others of us. The word should contains that, so we need to leave that, leave that one. We could leave, leave that one out of our <laughs> vocabulary altogether, I think. And I think to me it, it feels like that it's a boundary between the unconscious and the conscious. It's almost like an edge. You know, a should to me is an edge. It's like the two, two parts of me aren't in relationship with each other harmoniously. They're at war. You know, one, one part of me wants to do whatever I'm doing, which might be just being and sitting but then I've got the other, the monkey mind, the conditioned mind that's, you know, it's almost like it's it's this constant war. Any wonder we, most of us struggle to have quality relationships outwardly because, you know, if, if we really, you know, through my clients, myself, everyone around me, there's so much inner war going on. What chance have we got of doing it outwardly? And for me, that's, that's where I wanted to go with this topic was almost, and it feels like I, I bring it back to the same thing every time, but the more I can practice it on the inside, the easier I can do it on the outside. I'm so happy to to be privy to this conversation, to be part of this conversation. A lot of things that I discuss with my clients end up with exactly that sentiment, Chad, that um, instead of focusing on how their partners, when I'm with clients that have got issues in relationship, how their partners can change or, you know, how how they can uh, refine their, their interactions, I, I simply end up with um, saying lead by example. You know, basically just show, show all of us what you've got. Show all of us how much you can honour yourself by, um, by tapping into your pure nature. So you know, I guess tying this into everything that we're talking about, again, that pure nature is, is everywhere, particularly when we place ourselves beyond the, the construction of the, the cubes that we find ourselves in, in in the shelters that we've made and and get amongst it. You know, there's, there's I guess, certain cliche ways that we actually um, refer to, to these things in nature now. We, we talk in refer, reference to, to sit spots, uh, nature therapy, that kind of thing. At the end of the day, it's let's just get as bare as we possibly can immersed as deeply as we can in the thick of it 
being being nature for me that's barefoot walking on um walking on the on the trails through the bush and, and sitting down rolling around in the sand rolling around the leaves sitting still and watching the environment change around me and to basically bring this to complete full circle what it teaches us is that it asks for nothing nature gives unconditionally um, and it's not a it's not a conscious or an unconscious act it's just an unconditional loving gift that that is there for all of us, the oxygen, the shelter, the, the enrichment of the soil, the food, um, everything. It asks for nothing. It, it gets burnt by fire. It gets just completely ravaged by all the elements, the winds, the ocean, everything else. It gets you know, melted back into, into its origins and then becomes again all of it without you know, basically blinking an eyelid, to use a, to use a human metaphor, without any any complaints whatsoever unconditionally just giving and you know we as i as a buddhist and in the buddhist reference um philosophically we we talk about consciousness all the time and i'm um i'm relatively obsessed with the nature of of consciousness and you know, the buddhist perspective philosophically is that nature itself doesn't hold consciousness and i, I struggled with that for a long time and a lot of people would argue it and again, this is philosophical heady banter, but um, as conscious beings, we are ever hopefully evolving or devolving, depending on how we're basically integrating our, our paths, for want of a better term, again, barefoot towards nature. And it's about being towards nature because beyond consciousness is a pure unconditionality of nature and end of spiel. That is why we need to immerse ourselves in it. And that's, what's enough to bring us to tears and to to allow our hearts to burst open and to no longer have to worry about what anyone else is up to if we can sink ourselves into that state our, our lives will be unquestionably better for oneself and for all wow that was a big speech i better not steal any more oxygen now <laughs> oh, hey Di, i know your video is gone but i'm hoping you're still with us here i just thought i i don't know whose signals it might be mine but uh, i just turned off my video in case no that was lovely i i heard what you both said and um it was interesting that question about that nature does nature have consciousness i'm thinking are we the consciousness part of nature you know are we life trying to have a look at itself Such a good question. I don't know. We need to contemplate this. It's, or we need to. We are. We don't really. We, we separate, like Chad was saying in the beginning, you know, but we are all part of it and we tend to, I think the peace comes when we realise we don't have to, we are part of it. We keep saying, look at this, look at that, but we are in it, we are it and and that I just, when you said that, I thought of human, well, firstly, Chad said human being, and that's our experience. We are a human being. we experiencing being, and being, just being is the ultimate state without all the clutter and the monkey mind. And then you've got 
consciousness, which is really the big question, why are we apparently the only ones that have this urge to control and dominate and we are separate from and we 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 can't it's why when we surrender and go oh my god I don't have to struggle at all because I'm part of it rather than separate from it if we can trust that we are it but it's it's not it it's very hard as a human to acknowledge that because we are so conditioned unless we're part of an indigenous culture that we are separate and that we dominate, you know, um, but we aren't. We're just part of it and that's the, that's the field, I guess, that we speak of when we are, when Chad was saying, you know, just being in nature and <clears throat> in relationship too, back to that topic, um, if we can just trust and sit and let, let some air and space come in and especially if you're in nature you can, get the help from the nature around you to just calm yourself down and be where there isn't all that suffering and struggle and that striving for the ideal self, you know, this ideal self that we've projected for ourselves, which is just the source of all discontentment and all conflict in ourselves and relationships. You know, you strive, oh, what I should be, what I should be, you know, that's it, I think. I, um, I won't say much more than this before I, I hand this over to you, Chad, but I, I advocate for creating space in relationship to one another as human beings. Um, culturally, we are ever pressed to, um, to find that, and I suggest that we all individually strive for that. It doesn't mean um, individualising ourselves away from the people that we're in relationship with necessarily, necessarily. But, um, yeah, it tends to be the case I find with my clients particularly and I think collectively that culturally we don't give ourselves the time and space for, for ourselves so as to be able to give to others. Well, definitely. I guess nature. Definitely. Sorry, go, Jen. I was just going to say, I guess, guess nature can be a teacher in that as well. Like there's times where nature is doing, you know, it's springtime, the trees are growing, you know, they're kind of, they are taking on a bit of that doing. I've always, I've always thought like if, if a tree was a Western human, if it had the consciousness of a Western human, it would be, you know, it'd be starting to come into autumn and, and this tree would be projecting about what winter's going to be like and, you know, I don't want to lose my leaves and, oh, this winter's going to be the worst winter ever and, you know, it's it just amazes me to think for how evolved we are as human beings human doings I'm going to refer to it as at the moment it's almost like it's our the blessing is the curse you know so for me it's really trying to trying to look to to these cycles you know everything's cyclic 
know, we have tide, we have high tide, and we have low tide, and we have day and night. We have, you know, three hundred sixty-five days in the year as we cycle around the moon, and then you know we have our our lunar node that comes in at about eight and a half, where we've you know we, we've travelled around. All the planets are aligned as they were when we came into the world, and then we have another one, you know, at around thirty-seven, which coincides with a lot of we call in the Western world midlife crises. I think I think there's a lot to learn by actually taking a step back and looking to nature and really trying to understand well. Now, in my experience, I had to evolve from this. Why do I think that I'm not part of this? Why do I think that I this isn't part of me? You know, and, and just finishing on that because I know we've only got a bit of time left. I was speaking about, you know, the, the consciousness, you know, and, and there's so many different Examples of what consciousness is, you know, I know, you know, Buddhism has its own conscious, you know, own kind of take on consciousness, you know, and then to me, consciousness is just energy. You know, it's that energy, it's that energy that's inside every atom and, and it vibrates and, you know, and then the, the Eastern philosophy talks about chakras and energy centres and, and, you know, there's a, there's a book that I skimmed over called The Secret Life of Trees and it talks about, you know, how trees can, can send, mm-hmm. send each other nutrients through the soil to other trees close by that are screaming out that need certain nutrients that they don't have. So the trees the trees can actually transfer nutrients a bit like we transfer energy to each other in conversation and, and, and in, in our world the, the trees do their own I don't even know the word for it, but their own example of that, I suppose, you know, and then and that falls into kind of more morphic resonance and where, you know, the, the Dean talked about the, you know, the the spiral of the vine going up around, and that science has proven that there's actually an energy pulling, pulling that towards it. It's not just that isn't just going up. There's actually an energy there, an innate energy that called morphic resonance that actually pulls. Oh those trees up, which is why, you know, and I will finish on this, but on my walk yesterday down to the falls in bare feet, you know, I was watching everyone in their hiking boots and their, all their, all their, um, their fancy get up, you know. It's almost like you've got to spend 300 bucks to be able to climb down a mountain now to fit in, you know, back to that human, human doing. <laughs> but I have all the gear and the camelback and the, and, um, and I did it in bare feet and it was the most, you know, the mud and the rocks and the climbing over the sticks and it was just so amazing. But when I was coming back up, there was a there was a tree that had kind of grown out of the mountain and then it had gone around almost like a semicircle. And then there was a, a cliff face going vertically up and then it had changed direction 90 degrees and then just gone straight up and then got over the cliff face, which was maybe three metres, and then started going back to the original way it was going before. So it's almost like it it sensed it didn't just grow into the rock. It sensed some energy pulling it up so that it could survive. 
and I feel like that's that's where I want to leave what I'm about what I'm talking about is to you know I have to go towards that energy that's pulling me to grow which to me is consciousness is really the energy that's that's been around since the universe was created so yeah I guess uh my weekend's given me a lot to think about <laughs> I'm glad I'm here with you guys to share it <laughs> me too I'm glad you're here too, Chad. And Di, I'm so glad you're here too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So much, so much love and respect and gratitude to both of you. Di, I'd, I'd love for you to be able to give a couple of minutes in this remaining time and you know, if you've got anything more you'd like to share. I might just turn this on. While you were talking about that, um, I've got here my two sticks that my beautiful partner carved for me because I am having my hip replacement on the 15th of March. But these are the vine. And here is another one, my two walking sticks, which are made, made by the vine that crawls up the tree. And, but he's carved in he's followed and and created something else with the um this the already the impressions already made by the vine but uh that's something loving which i hold in my hand from my partner the expression of his hours and hours and hours of love to make me a stick and cut it down perfect to size for me so that I can continue walking. That's that's love, isn't it? That's nurturing the relationship. And I think there's a beautiful song. Um, Katie Lang, part, Katie Lang's partner, Jane Seabury. A lot of people probably haven't heard of her, but in one of her songs, she says, "Love is trembling like a tiny bird we hold in the palm of our hand," and that's how delicate love is. And we have to nurture it as we would a tiny bird because it is really the hardest thing you'll ever do is just to love one other person and it takes great courage it's not easy and it takes humility and you have to surrender and compromise and it's damn hard work it's not an easy road at all but if you um if you can take your ego out of it a bit and it's not about you, it's about holding what it is, both of you equally, you've got a chance, I think. Di, that's perfect. Thank you so much. That was amazing. So let's get out of the ego, out of our heads, move into our hearts, integrate from the doing to the being of pure nature. See you guys next time. I'm so happy to share this with all of you. Thanks, guys. See you next week. See you soon. Next week. Bye. <laughs> okay.